Welcome back, podcast listeners. We're here with episode 180 today, and Tony, we've got two special guests on. We have Rob Revis, who's the managing director and founder of uh, Ticket Blaster, and we have Josh Little with him today, who is head of their digital marketing at Ticket Blaster as well. So, uh, Rob and I had the wonderful opportunity of sitting next to each other at a fundraiser back in August last year and, and been inseparable ever since. <laughs> so, so, uh, so no, Ticker Blaster have really uh, kindly decided to join us in our charitable giving program and they've partnered with us and they've been a magnificent partner. So we have to tell the world about them today, Jamie. Yeah, so gents, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, so we actually got some real traditional... Melbourne rivalry in this room. So Richmond, Collingwood and two Essendon supporters. So we outnumber you. Yeah. Well, I know who I'd rather speak to and it's actually not the uh, Essendon supporters. But yeah. um, Rob... Usually just a supporter. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Rob, right. do you want to give us a little bit of background about the idea of Ticket Blaster and, and where it actually come from? Yeah, so uh, Ticket Blaster has been around for about 15 years. So, um, started as a bit of a, a hobby project. I was... Um, working in a big four accounting firm, uh, wearing a suit every day in the city, and uh, did that for about five years. And while I was doing that, I started dabbling in uh, just helping people out with um, concert tickets, sporting uh, tickets to the footy and um, cricket and tennis. Um, And yeah, it's really evolved from there. Uh, Went out full time, to start a proper business out of it about 13 years ago, uh, 12, 13 years ago. And yeah, we've evolved to um, an office where we've got over 30 people in Peran at the moment. A um, couple of offices overseas, one in Madrid and one in Florida. We've opened in the last two years. And yeah, another sort of 10, 10 or so people in each of those offices. Um, we've brought on great people like Josh, who specialise in skills like digital marketing, and yeah, we've evolved to have partnerships with uh, the AFL and the uh, F1 Australian Grand Prix, a couple of NBL clubs and A-League, A-League teams, work with a bunch of the AFL teams as a, as a hospitality partner. And yeah, we're pitching for things like the FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia this July, which hopefully we'll be a, a partner of. Um, and yeah, it's an exciting time growing sort of globally and signing up new partners to, to help people with, I guess, a wide array of uh, their entertainment needs and ticketing, hospitality, travel, um, whatever they sort of need in that space, we're there to help them. So going back, I guess, when the idea started 13 years ago, um, were you lining up at, you know, the stores trying to get the tickets because uh, it was less online then or is it still sort of that was the transition period not right? really it was it, to be honest it was probably a time where the internet was really evolving going into overdrive and yeah. industries and e-commerce was growing at sort of exponential rates and there was a there was sort of a gap in in the market where a lot of i mean i was in my sorry sort of mid-twenties and the, most people, successful business people were in their late thirties and they were really sort of struggling with with the evolution of the internet and the speed it was happening at. So they were sort of the ones probably still lining up, whereas I was sort of grasping what was happening with the internet and um, how, to, you know, how to sort of acquire inventory online um, in, a, in a more efficient way, um, in a better spot and being able to 
have a job at the same time and do things like that. So, yeah, I'd say that was probably the opportunity in the beginning was yeah. that and the real gap in the market that people, the average consumer really didn't have access or di- didn't really understand how to get the best tickets at the time. There's a lot, sort of, a lot more information out there now on how to do it and the products that we offer now are, are a lot more sophisticated. But yeah, early on it was it was very much just understanding how to use how to use the internet well yeah. um, was a big advantage, I think. So yeah. you're saying that you, you had a full-time job at that stage. Yeah. Um, how hard was it to walk away from that? I know we talked before about your wife and her passions. Yeah. What, when was that moment you decided to walk away and, and was that difficult? Uh, it was very difficult. I'd studied commerce and economics for uh, four years at Monash University and then did chartered accounting, um, got my qualifications and you know I was on a pretty good trajectory to a good career in accounting um, and working for a, you know an excellent company. Uh, so it was really hard to sort of, after really 10 years of study to just take a step back and go and sell tickets is a it's a big it's a big gamble and you you tell your parents that and they'll think you think you need to be uh, institutionalized um uh but yeah they everyone sort of was really supportive my family and my wife my, as I sort of mentioned to you before we started she's got a, a dance school and we'd just sort of been married for six months and I was coming home and seeing her just fulfilled and content with her work and I just felt that I was lacking that a bit um, and I just didn't see a long-term career in what I was doing so I, really for me it was a natural progression to take that gamble um, and yeah I mean I spent my life up until that point in uh, football grounds and uh, and theatres and uh, concert venues and yeah, going to going to go, going to football, tennis, and yeah, gigs between the age of eighteen and twenty five. That was pretty much my whole life. So um, it was yeah, it felt a lot more natural to me to work in that space. Um, and then yeah, it's uh, I guess once after after about six weeks of um, of doing it full time, I could really see that that there was a really good business here and. I just had to dedicate myself to it, um, which I did for three or four years on my own and then slowly, slowly added on people. Um, and yeah, it's really gone into overdrive since, since the um, pandemic finished. Um, we've really, we've gone from probably six or seven people to, to where we are now. It's quite, quite unfathomable what's happened in the last sort of 15 months. So it's, yeah, it's an exciting time. People don't want to stay at home anymore. They don't want to stay at home. Everyone wants to travel. Everyone wants, when they go to events, they want to do it right. Um, I think after everything that we all went through, we just want to live and live well. So It's interesting, your story of how you got into it. It reminded me, I was reading the book well, last year or two years ago now, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, mm. um, the Nike founder. And, and I remember in that book where he stated he was, I think he worked at KPMG, mm. and he was sitting down with one of the partners of the division at the time, and the partner said, you know, if you if you keep going the way you're going, 
you'll end up just like me. And mm. Phil and I just looked at him and said, I don't want to be yeah. like you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, I wanted to follow my passion. He said, yeah. What's that? I want to sell shoes. Yeah. And, you know, your passion, as you said, going to all the sporting events and the venues mm. and the theatre and things like that, that was your yeah. passion. And you've actually gone through with it mm. now and, and built a amazing entrepreneurial business as mm. a result. It does. I mean, back to the original point, it takes a lot of guts to walk away from. It was really, really hard to do. It was like to, to step away from what you've studied and you think that's where your career is going to be. Yeah. To make that move is just so tough. And I guess, yeah, but you look at the path ahead and is that for me, I acknowledge that there's probably out of the 100 people in the room, there's 80 that would aspire to be to, have, to be that partner in, in, in that firm. But it just for me, that was not what I wanted with my life. So, yeah. 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 You made a statement before um, that, you know, people want to go to an event and do it right. Um, yeah. My wife's become one of those people. Like, we upgraded our Richmond memberships, you know, only last year. And, you know, now it's got padded seats. It's level two. And she's like, this is how we do football from now on. You know? <laughs> yeah. None of that other stuff. But, you know, your clients, when they're coming to you, what, what experiences are they looking for? Um, and where have you seen that shift? Um, they're looking for, I mean, a lot of the time the products we offer it's that people just don't have access to. So our, our best product we offer is the Medallion Club through the AFL. And so we have access to 26 seats at Marvel Stadium and the MCG. And that, that membership's $10,000 a year. We'll give or take a few hundred dollars. And we sell it off on a game-by-game basis. So as an as a, as a avid Richmond fan, you might uh, want to pick six games you want to go to and we might put a package together and say that's $750 for six games. So... For you, that's and you sit in a nice padded seat. You've got an um, iPad on your seat at Marvel Stadium and access to world class hospitality. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess for you, it's a seven hundred and fifty dollar outlay instead of a ten thousand dollar outlay. So it's a real win win for for the consumer and for us. Um, we obviously across the whole year we try and make a, a small margin on it, and um, but I mean the benefit for the yeah, consumers quite obvious that they can really pick and choose um, how they want to experience the, yeah, the AFL's premium product. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then there's other times, um, what are people looking for? People are looking for, generally, people are very busy these days. We are hugely connected um, digitally 24 hours a day. And people do not have a lot of spare time to sit in a queue on Ticketek or Ticketmaster and end up with an average seat, um, not understanding what they're doing half the time buying an overpriced package they've been tricked into buying by by Ticketek or Ticketmaster, which they don't even want the inclusions on. So where we come in is we provide essentially a concierge service like a, or an, a, an agent, like a travel agent would do, and um, we'll, we'll come in and we'll provide the best seat or a range of seat, seating options, hopefully the best seat, is that if that's what you want, but yeah, a range of seating options to a, to a variety of prices and try and accommodate you. And yeah, again, there'll be a, a small premium for that, but you'll get hopefully a much better product, a much better much better service um, than Ticket Tech or Ticketmaster, I would hope. And you'll, um, uh, yeah, hopefully have a great experience so I think that was what that was one of the highlights when I first met you at that fundraiser and we we're chatting and I 
I told you how in 2019 I'd taken the family in our first night in Barcelona. We got to go and see Barcelona versus Villarreal. And it was Messi's first game back and the tickets cost me like two and a half thousand dollars and we'll the very last row up in the clouds virtually. And, and you said, well, the tickets still would have cost you the same, but you would have had far better seats. Yeah. And I think I think that was one of the real highlights to me. It was, okay, I get it now. Yeah. If you're going to pay a lot, at least get looked after absolutely so, <laughs> so, exactly right um because there's a lot i mean it's it's a really there's a lot of bad players out there in this space and i mean it's not as bad as 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 the media would like to probably make you feel but there's like yeah. there's people selling tickets on gumtree facebook marketplace they don't even, there's no ticket even exists it's just scammers and fraudsters so i have to admit um, paying that money for those tickets yeah. i was glad though at the hotel when i turned yeah up. That was <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that, what you're getting yeah, so, so I, you're, I actually that that was a bonus to start with i think we take that risk out so we're only dealing with suppliers if it's not the official sporting body we're dealing with a supplier that we have dealt with for uh, probably over a decade um if you ask me for a seat at a premier league match i've got a premier league company that i trust who specialize that's what they specialize um and yeah, if you ask me for NBA tickets, I've got a someone in in the US that specialises in yeah, NBA seats. So um, I'll know they're going to work. There's not going to be an issue because um, I mean that's ultimately again, if you're paying a lot of money, you want to make sure that they're in a good spot and that they work. And you it's do probably... get that. Like the trust is such a huge thing when you're paying such a large sum for something and an experience that you really want to go along and enjoy yourself. A lot of our clients are reoccurring. Yeah. So they've, we have that built-in trust. So they know mm. if they are going to go to a marquee sporting event, wherever it is, you know, might it be international, it might be NBA, it might be yeah, in Premier League. That's something that we can um, try and facilitate for them and they have the trust that they know that if they're going to hand over a large sum of money, that they're going to have a great experience at the end of it. Mm. And I think that's so important too, because as I said, I paid for those tickets and I was half expecting them not to be there when I showed yeah. up to the hotel. So in all honesty, I hadn't even told my sons who, yeah. that we were going just in case the tickets weren't yeah. there. So um, Yeah, so that, I think that's important. But also, you know, Jamie, <laughs> you've spoken about now since we met Rob, was it the World Cup in the US, uh, Soccer World mm. Cup in the US? Yeah. Yeah, so, so we were going to that, Tony. So it's, yeah, it's I'm, six. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm being told, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> so I might join you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's exciting once you start these big global events. Um, I mean, we saw how sad the last Olympics was to watch without crowds. I, yeah. was, I, I was heartbroken <laughs> for the athletes. Yeah. I seriously was. Um, so it's exciting. I mean, next year we've got Paris. Um, we got a Rugby World Cup this year. We had a, obviously just had the FIFA World Cup. Um, so they're all things that we, you know, as a as a business, we we've sent a number of people. We sent to to um, Qatar, and we're sending hopefully a number of people to Paris um, for both the Rugby World Cup and the Olympics. And yeah, it's um, these big global events are really exciting. To oh, absolutely yeah yeah. I, I still remember going to the Sydney Olympics and how just mm. magical it was. Yeah. Absolutely magical. Yeah. Is um you, you just and even even I remember um I was at the stadium when the Australian race walker who was leading got mm. disqualified just as she was entering yeah. the tunnel. That was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking and what I the big concern I had, you know, being an ex sports person is ha- what was the reaction gonna be from the patriarchal Australian crowd to when the Chinese woman walked in mm. the first place and everyone just saw the Australian 
you know, we're all about to jump up and celebrate mm. her victory and so we get disqualified in that China and, you know, credit where credit's due, the crowd were amazing for her for that mm. Chinese woman. She walked in the stadium, thank, thankfully. Uh, so it was it was good because you, one minute you're heartbroken for the Australian yeah. athlete and then to watch the Chinese one. So that, that was, that was but that's that's what these world events do. Yeah. They, they bring out the best in everyone. Yeah, it was it was pretty magical to be there. I was there as well yeah. um, in Sydney and it was... I remember saying there was a lot of tickets changing hands outside venues, and I think I paid, I think I paid a thousand dollars to go and watch Michael Clem swim, and okay. he was like a dollar oh one unbackable favourite to win gold. And go down to Pram Pool. You seen there most lunchtime. So I used to. <laughs> <Didn't run. laughs> you swim with him. <laughs> he didn't run a place, and yeah. I was like sitting there going. That was my life savings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's, maybe that's a good business idea. Um, but um, yeah, there was just tickets changing hands. It was very old school. As again, it was right on the cusp of the internet, sort of really taking off. Um, so there were people, we were like switching baseball tickets for swimming tickets and everything, everyone was doing deals and it was, it was quite amusing to see. Yeah. That. Yeah, magic, uh, magical event though. Yeah. yeah. So you've said the business has evolved quite a lot in the last 15 months. Um, yeah. And Josh, you're now on board. Like, yeah. how, how does the team look now? Um, and sort of, you know, how are you servicing clients in that regard? Uh, team is, yeah, I mean, we've added a number of like corporate sales specialists yeah. um, and a partnerships person. I mean, we've got our teams in Europe who specialize in the events there, a team in America who specialize in the events there. Um, but yeah, the team here—it's become a bit more corporatized. We've, you know, we've added it as you get bigger, and there's more than five people in a room. You need things like HR and um, finance. We've added a finance person, and Another instead of Coleman fan, yeah, <laughs> uh, so they, they've got a bit of a running joke in the office. That is that the I first just, question you get no, asked just in a job interview? Is it? I just it do it like a social media store. Find out the for Collingwood and Highland. <laughs> So if you want a job, just so your digital, change your back. So your, <laughs> your digital marketing manager didn't have any social media presence. You no. couldn't check. You couldn't check on the bomber uh, fan here. Yeah, well, it's better than Carlton. Uh, <laughs> That's true. We um, all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we, um, but yeah, they. So we've added in things like yeah, I've got a finance guy starting the last um, fortnight. Um, we're looking to yeah bring on another corporate salesperson and just the admin grows as well as you sort of get to. There's more invoices and more bills, more sort of things to deal with. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Josh has got a little digital marketing team underneath him that, you know, they work on specialising Google ads and SEO and... Um, it's everything so like content creation is incredibly important in today's modern age, especially with events as well because yeah. everybody wants to showcase their experience, you know, we've... Sp- We've lived our lives indoors for a couple of years due to the pandemic. Now that we can go out again, we want to boast about it. Mm. So creating that strong visual element um, and having a team is really like a luxury that we can have to push that out there and really connect emotionally with your uh, with your customers because, yeah, that, that's what you're in the business for. So, yeah, the team's great. They're all young. They're, I think they're more keen on TikTok than they are on Facebook these <laughs> days. Um, but, yeah, uh, the, wherever you can get eyeballs, we um, try and position ourselves there. And um, and the big underlining thing for us is creating something that's a, a trusting uh, mm. brand online. And I think SEO and some of the other Google products we work with are perfect for that as well. Mm. It's very much 
as, as you say, the content. It's very much, we live in an Instagram world where everyone wants that shot. They all want to be in the best seats. They want to have the best view of when Ed Sheeran was Friday night. So half my friends who, I, who asked me for tickets, who I helped out, they all got this, you know, this shot of Ed Sheeran from two metres away. So you got Toby a ticket, did you? Uh, I think we did, actually. Yeah, because yeah. that was the shot he <laughs> so, put on Instagram. So. Um, so, um, but everyone wants that shot, and then yeah. everyone, it's almost contagious, just like, oh, I've, well, I don't want to sit in the Q47 at the MCG. I want to be on the floor. Yeah. So um, how do I do that? So um, obviously there's a, every ticket's got a price, but yeah, um, but yeah, we, we really... We're lucky to, I mean, for our sort of the service we offer, that that um, the sharing of people's experiences makes it uh, sometimes can make our job a lot easier. But. Sorry, Josh, you were going to say? Uh, I was just going to say that that's something that's um, a really big selling point with our um, sales team is having that conversation of, all right, what, what's the experience like there? And yeah. we have such extensive knowledge of like so many stadiums and the seating plans that we can really mm. give that um, that expectation because like I, with my, I can say it with my membership at the Essendon Football Club, I've got an overhanging ledge at the, on level one and that was something that was never explained to me that I couldn't say. I barely even use those seats these days. Um, but just having somebody that go, this is the experience, this is what it's going mm. to look like, you know, to get your phone charged 100% because you're going to be taking a lot of videos and mm. a lot of pics when you get there. Well, especially, you know, being an Essence support this year, we've got a good year ahead of us, haven't we? We both yeah. agree. <laughs> so Should it's uh, the finals. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. It's not so. about playing finals, we're about winning a final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, just going to take my money off say, Tony again. I was going to say, we'll stop there then. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but I think, though, the, the experience, and if we can move into, um, you know, Ticket Blaster, you guys have uh, very kindly uh, become part of, you know, partners with us in our own charitable giving so you've got Ticket Blasters charitable giving as well and we've got Kofkin Bonds and we also have Count Charitable Foundation who partner with us as well but one of the charities that are close to my heart and I'm a director of, a pro bono director and do a lot of work with is Carry On and I introduced you to Carry On because when Mm. we were speaking that night the foundation introduced you to Kyle who's the president at the time and David McNamara and you speak about the experiences and the experiences the Ticket Blaster are able to provide those veterans is just astronomical because a lot of these people do su- are suffering from PTSD. So having a real positive, uh, you know, by going to a concert or to a show or to an Anzac Day football game, you know, the experience that you guys are providing is absolutely exceptional. So if you want to just chat on that for a moment, how yeah. that went down, that would be great. Uh, Carry On is fantastic. I've uh, caught up with the team um, a couple of times um, uh, since we've uh, established that partnership. And uh, we've been able to pass on some things like uh, I think we might have had like a few tickets to the Killers for Geelong. Creating experience um, is something that's really uh, something that we're really passionate about. Um, I think partnering with charities, you can sometimes just throw cash at it and just get a logo, stick it on your website. We want to go a little bit beyond that, um, especially with the great work that um, that they do at Carry On. We knew that like uh, giving a large sum of tickets is meant that a group of people could go together and camaraderie and 
trying to get out of the door can sometimes be tough, especially if you are suffering with things such as PTSD. So um, that's just one example where looking at doing multiple things throughout the year. I think the um, football is a great example of that. Um, and then, you know, if there's an opportunity with Anzac Day, that's something that I think we're looking at mm, as well. Yeah. Um, but I think to add to that, though, you're and you're speaking about the team and the team all working together, Another charity that we've supported and which you guys came to a luncheon with before uh, Christmas that we were there um, is uh, Helping Hoops and you've been doing a lot of work with Helping Hoops. I think you, you gave a lot of their uh, coaches who work for yeah. free volunteers a heap of tickets to go and see the killers too, was it? I mm. think so. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but right. you, you're actually yeah. down there tonight, I believe, Josh, as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. down at Paran, so that's a, that's a fantastic program where they um, have... Uh, a lot of basketball programs around the metro areas where there are commission flats there's a lot of youth like between the ages of 8 to 12 that are living in difficult circumstances Um, a lot of it might be financial it might be lack of um, guardians at home it's there's some really tough tales there so these programs are established to help get kids. And a lot of those kids have been migrants who have come from very traumatic experiences anyway that no kid should ever, or no person should ever be faced Mm. with. Yes, there's the one in Pran that I'm going to has a large population of, I think it's African and Sudanese um, uh, families, but there's also a lot of indigenous families um, so uh, as well that are, are part of the program. Um, so the basketball program is established to really get them to come down, be a part of it, have a place of belonging, try and, um, yeah, camaraderie of like team sport is really goes a long way, especially when you have such a difficult circumstance where there might be at home, but also at school as well. Those two hours per week, it might be the best two hours that you have. Um, so they really create a great experience. We're at Ticket Blaster, we want to actually have some skin in the game. Um, we, I'm going to go down there and volunteer. Um, I've got a couple of other people in the office mm. that are going to do the same tonight. I want to make that something reoccurring. Yes, we can give tickets and you know in, in financial contributions, but I want to actually physically be involved. And yeah, it's it's a program that I'm passionate about. Not only because I love basketball, but I really want to make sure that. We're giving back to our local area now that mm. we're in Paran. That's the Paran program. Um, we want to be involved in supporting the communities. And I think also to Helping Hoops um, are an organisation that the the camaraderie that we spoke about with these kids, but it, it's teach it's giving them a healthy life and uh, you know uh, healthy physical uh, health, but also mental health as well. And as you said, a lot of them uh, have escaped trauma uh, to to actually just be here in the country in the first place. They've escaped, you know, horrific conditions to actually be here and given them that opportunity to have something which is, you know, their home life might not be that great. um, They, you know, might be bullied at school, uh, things like that as well. So to give them that opportunity to actually grow and, and really prosper in a vibrant community is magnificent and the work that you guys are doing there is just sensational. Yeah, it is. Um, We're in a unique position where we can give back um, and it doesn't just have to be materialistic, it can be through your time. Um, And yeah, they do come from um, difficult circumstances at home. 
Um, sometimes it's even a disconnect with their parents. Like if you've grown up in Australia and you don't speak the same language as your parents yeah. and you don't understand the same culture, you really get caught in a bit of a social purgatory. That's why like it not only does it help physically, but mentally that's a, mm. that's a huge thing as well. So uh, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to being involved with them. Um, and yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an exciting partnership that we're looking forward to having for a very long time. And I think Rob and I were just talking earlier about another charity, which uh, this week, uh, Ticket Blaster, Coffcom Bond and, and Count Charitable Foundation did give a check too, but it's, it's basketball-based charity as well, but um, Hoops for Health uh, with Timmy Duggan up in the Northern Territory and exact same thing, the amount of work they do, but as Rob, we were discussing, yeah. you actually see what the, the great benefits of what they are doing for the Indigenous uh, children up there. Yeah. They, those kids are just so happy learning and healthy and being part of a group. You feel, I feel um, privileged to be involved in charities especially the one like this um where timmy gives us he'll give i'm mean, only known him for a few, few mm. weeks and only three three yourself and it's all digital so far but hopefully we get to meet him one day but um where we get this constant um i guess feedback of people and the experiences and the difference that we're actually making um and it's not like we're big of a part of a multi-million dollar donation to I mean, these are, there's a lot of phenomenal causes out there, but when you donate to the Good Friday Appeal, it just sort of gets lost in this weight of money. This is like, as a result of Ticket Blaster, Kafka Bond and Count Charitable Foundation's $10,000 donation last week, this is what happened. And we were able to do this and these kids got this equipment and XYZ happened and here's a photo of it. And it's, a, it's I mean, it's a phenomenal... Uh, way to to support charity and I feel very lucky to have met you um, just randomly at that uh, fundraiser we were at and we to have that opportunity to support some really good causes um, I mean we've done charity worked with other charities in the past um, and we, we still do we've got sort of about another three charities outside of this group that we work really closely and it's what we've always looked for is sort of a, a direct line to the either the CEO or the, or the d- decision maker in the in the charity um, where we can send an SMS to the CEO and say, hey, we've got 40 tickets to um, to Dave Chappelle tomorrow night. Uh, do any of the families of this uh, of the sick kids, um, one of the other organisations we deal with is a, ch- is a children's cancer organisation. So do any of the, of the families who, you know, want a night off, um, can we help? And straight away your response and then... You know, after the event, thank you. It made such a big difference. Um, they've been going through a through a terrible time, and that's really what what we've I, th- I think what we've achieved with with the charities that you're supporting as well is this direct line to the decision makers, um, and that's that's where we want to keep probably growing our philanthropy work in that space. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's really for so many reasons. It's 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 great to be giving back. Um, obviously just to help people but also just the uplift that it gives our staff and um, I think it really we work in a business that's very commercial and we're, everyone's doing deals constantly and um, it, to step back and just actually put our product or uh, or money or our time into organisations that are making such a big difference 
to the most vulnerable people in society. I think it's um, it just it's it's a real uplifter for our staff as well and our team. So I agree. Yeah. Awesome. All right, team, I really appreciate you joining us today. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting this out on our socials and, and sort of introducing everyone to Ticket Blaster um, from our networks. But, you know, really appreciate the work that you're doing with us um, and that you're also doing in the community. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks very much. much. Thank you. The Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co., which we are an authorised representative of Can Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.